This is really about being free to create what you want your life to look like. We each are our own hero. And how do we take the challenges that come our way and see those as the birth process of us becoming heroic? Can you meet that judgment that ultimately will surface with neutrality? This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. Aloha, everybody. Before you dive into this amazing interview with Nathan Michaud of Investors Underground, quick heads up that I have a free ebook on traderdiscipline.com. The name of the book, it's a free ebook, is called Discipline and Finding Your Edge. Sign up today to get a free copy sent to your email. Now enjoy this amazing interview with Nathan. Aloha, everybody. Welcome back to the Wall Street Coach Podcast. I am Kim Ann Curtin. I'm very excited today to have Nathan Nathan Michaud on our podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, Nathan. It's so great to Thanks have you. Thanks for having me. Very Appreciate excited. it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm going to read a little bio for everybody who's listening uh, to just understand exactly how long Nathan's been in the business. He started trading, believe it or not, in 2003. He's been doing this full-time since 07, uh, when he graduated from the University of New Hampshire with a degree in finance. And rather than spending his nights studying, maybe learning poker and playing some video games and maybe having some fun, he just dabbled in the stock market. Even during classes, he did this on his Palm Pilot. My dad used to have a Palm Pilot, so I have no idea how you pulled that off but I would, <laughs> I would like to know if you still have that palm pilot you know i was looking for it i don't and i've been looking for it because i remember i used to have like alpha trade or something it was like the first full level two uh app and uh no i don't unfortunately but I, I want that. it <laughs> yeah i think we, we have to get you one just for for old time's sake but we're gonna i'm gonna go back to his uh i digress from his bio but i also want to speak to how in 2004 he founded investors live to combat one of his own flaws which was over trading and by 2006 the site started to gain more attention and that's when he began to take interest in creating a subscription-based model that not only would help new traders learn to profit consistently, but also focus on creating room to keep out the noise and build that community, which we all know is really critical. Um, 2008, he founded Investors Underground, which has become the foremost premium subscription-based live trading chat room on the internet. And its focus is on helping traders become self-sufficient by providing them with top-notch educational materials, materials, including trading courses, uh, recap videos, and webinars. And Nathan is also one of the co-founders of Trader for a Cause. So a lot there, but I just felt all of those pieces are so important to your experience and to your background for people to have context. So thank you for coming on this podcast. Appreciate you having me. What do you feel in the beginning, like such a long time ago, when you first started trading that you completely undervalued because you were new that now you're just so stunned at the importance of? Um, there's a lot uh, to that answer, but I would say just uh, focusing on a, on a process and understanding that uh, it doesn't matter what everybody else does. You have to find uh, something that fits your own personality because once you get into this career, it is, you know, it can be a, 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 um, a, you know, you're chasing, chasing somebody else, chasing what somebody else is doing the rat race. And yeah. um, I, I think it's very important to 
figure out who you are uh, as soon as you can and just go with that because you're going to find out you, you're going to have different stresses from, from uh, stressors from different uh, areas. And you just have to keep on fine tuning and fine tuning to figure out what works best for your own personality. Everybody's different. Some people can swing trade. You know, for example, the last two nights, you know, I've, I've been up at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. Cause I'm, I had a, a really, um, what I would call a kind of an A plus setup opportunity that I was swinging. But uh, as soon as that market opens, you know, my mind starts going and I'm up and it's, it's just not healthy. <laughs> you know, you end up losing uh, weeks of sleep uh, and it does not fit my own personality. It's rare that I do it. I think the last time I did it was maybe with like AMC uh, back in, in 21 or something when you yep. do the 4 a.m. to 8 p.m. Yep. trades. But um, overall, for me, it's about how can I take the least risk, mm -hmm. um, make the most and enjoy what I'm doing because it's so easy to um, just kind of turn this into a, a, a very, um, uh, it, it just sucks everything out of you kind of kind of job. And a lot of people don't realize that until it's, it's too late or they're 40, 50, 60, 70, you look back and you're like, man, I could have had so much more fun. So really prioritizing a process and prioritizing what's important to you as an individual, not somebody else, I think right. is probably the two most important things. I mean, you're preaching my song. That's the song I sing because <laughs> I've, I've even heard that in one of your talks. You talk about how you know so many very successful traders, and yet they're not happy. And yeah. you know that that uh, even when you talk about it, it feels like it kind of still stings you that that could be the case. Uh, do you think that self awareness is something you always? Uh, lean towards or or did it develop over time that that awareness for yourself like just as you got to know who you are and how you're cut yeah it it's a continual work in progress you know you have all these goals at the beginning of the year um and then you kind of kind of always reevaluate you know have you even hit them have you have you been working towards them or did you just have this whole list of things that you never even really accomplished and so continually reevaluating is is super important um, but I, I verbalize a lot of it, you know, each morning I'll do like a, a broadcast and kind of verbalize exactly what I'm thinking, what I'm planning to do, where I'm having a hard time, where, you know, I'm, I'm doing really well, uh, and what to kind of be aware of. And just that, that whole verbalization is that, that reminder, you need to hear it, um, has helped me out. So it's a continual, you know, I, I write it out, you know, each night, if I do a scan, you know, my plan is to leave by X time. And the more that you make yourself accountable, the more you're going to um, do it. And, you know, this year I've done my best at, at getting away, taking half days in the summer. Um, last year was a, a lot better. Every other year before that, I had these big plans and uh, <laughs> I didn't leave my desk until 4 p.m. So, <laughs> Well, good. I'm glad this summer's been better. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's, I think it's always a moving needle. So, but just your consciousness around it is pretty profound. And I think it just sets this deep example for others. I think that you're being a role model for others around that is rare. We, we don't, we don't hear that among a lot of people at your level as much as I think they sh that it should be. It's a pretty important yeah, lesson. You you mentioned the the moving needle too. You know, it's the the goalpost is always changing. You know, yeah. and, and as soon as you get somewhere, you know where you thought you'd want to be. You know, I, I've said this a million times too, but then it becomes double, and then yes. double that, and it's 
you always want to keep on going more and more and more. And like you uh, had brought up, you know, some of the most successful people that I know are some of the most lost, you know, they do some serious soul searching, like, okay, you know, what, <laughs> what am I looking to, to get out of, out of this life? What is going to fulfill me? Um, and that was one of the, after I think 2020 and 2021, I called, you know, Greg and I'm like, man, I'm, I'm the most confused I've ever been. You know, you had all these ideas in mind, targets, you know, numbers that you wanted to hit, hit them all. And, you know, you're, you're confused. And he was in the same boat. Uh, a lot of these other traders are in the same boat. Uh, but the more that you hear other people talking about it, uh, we just did a recent interview uh, with Lance, who, um, you know, just did a phenomenal job in 2020, 2021, essentially retired. Um, he just kind of shows up for the, the big, you know, big market down days, like, you know, the capitulation days or, you know, any big earnings, things like that. Um, but he is just all about, you know, what do I want to get out of this life? And, and unfortunately, a lot of us don't realize that days go by, you take a day off, you don't realize how many hours are actually in a day that are just sucked away by, you know, sitting at your desk. That's right. But the when you, but when you do it, then you become present to just how much is there, the juiciness yeah. of it. But I think that advocacy of just being present to what does make you tick, what makes you happy, what makes you full, fully fulfilled is it's just key. It's, it just feels like it goes like a puzzle piece in yeah. with all the work because there's so much work involved. Um, all right. So we did get some questions from Twitter, but I had my own first. So I'm going to hit mine first. All right. I'm just <laughs> kind of curious, you know, would it, would it be right to describe that the trading as it first began was sort of a side hustle and now it's an empire like so do you think you had any idea uh as soon as you experienced trading that it appealed to you this much that it you know lit you up this much um i was always driven by you know that entrepreneurial spirit and i was yeah. always interested in the stock market my uncle was very much involved in it and you know, I, I, at a young age, you kind of associate, you know, he had a nice place, Cape Cod and the boat yeah. and the, you know, the whole, whole nine yeah. yards and okay. He's in, he has a business and he's into the stock market. And so, you know, in, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I need to get into business. I need to get into the stock market if I want to do these types of, of things. So, you know, that's, I always had that passion, but I never, I don't think you realize what's possible. Um, until you put yourself out there. And, and I think that's one of the best things about doing these or, um, you know, even Twitter, stock, it's all these different places. You, you start to see um, what is actually possible. And unless you see that, you never know. You never know that you can challenge yourself to get to that next level and, and know that, yes, that, that is possible. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the first things that I had, uh, that had opened my eyes to it, uh, somebody had posted like a $100,000 gain. And I'm like, man, like, is that possible? Yeah. And it was just something that just kind of opened my mind and brought me over to maybe a different social network. And then you start to kind of, you know, explore, meet all these different traders and, and kind of fine tune what works for you. And all of a sudden, you know, you're there. Yeah. Right. It's amazing that one of your main motivations of investors life was to really mitigate your own over trading. Uh, Again, just that essence of you doing, you being self-aware enough to see that about yourself and then crafting this. Just talk a little bit about, uh, were you thinking, wow, that accountability changes if it's a collective of people? 
Yeah, it was more of like a, you know, back then I was trading a lot of OTC. So there was a lot of times there was gappers where, you know, if they close strong, they'd open up, you know, big the next day and you can take a, a nice profit and you always kind of started up on the day. And then it was just a matter of how much you gave back during the day. So for me, it was, you know, once I sold them after I traded a little bit, you know, what could I then focus on? Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, again, like we, we talked about a little bit earlier, it's, it's that accountability, like you're suggesting where, you know, you've got a plan and, you know, you're kind of writing it down. It helps you remember, mm -hmm. uh, you know, particular tickers or, or setups that you're looking for um, because there's thousands, there's thousands and you're going to miss them. But um, in order to get that conviction, in order to, to be confident in these particular trades, um, you can't just you just can't just show up. You know, you have to have a, a big picture view, more of a macro uh, daily chart kind of thesis that supports your uh, trade thesis uh, to, to really get those outlier gains, outlier trades. So yeah. um, for me, it was it was accountability of, you know, staying familiar with uh, particular or, or potential uh, trades that we're setting up. So in a way, yes, but the, the most the biggest part was try to build something instead of pushing buttons. <laughs> That's amazing. And do you feel that you have that now for yourself, that balance of, I know you say you're addicted and you love trading, but that sense of being able to craft a business, does that, is that get to be part of your day to day? As far as like, uh, entrepreneurship and just running the companies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's part of my day. I fortunately I have an, an amazing team. So, um, I've structured, you know, like the, the room, all I do is, is show up. I do a broadcast in the morning. I do scans at night and I do a Sunday scan, uh, each week. The rest is handled. The rest is taken care of by people that have different passions than me. Yeah. My passion, yeah. you know, no matter how good the business does or doesn't, uh, you know, that that's not my happy, like, that's not where, uh, I get motivated. Yeah. Um, I get motivated by trading well. I get motivated by, you know, going through the motions and, and succeeding uh, from a, a trading level. Then there's other people uh, that are involved, you know, such as my partner and, you know, their passions is building a business. They yeah. came from different Great. sales backgrounds and things like that. They, they, you know, whether it's marketing, building a business, uh, programming, and it's very rare that, you know, usually if you hire somebody, right, you hire a programmer and then you kind of have to teach them you know, what you want and how to think like a trader. But when you hire within and you have a marketing guy that, uh, you know, understands uh, trading, you have a, a programmer that understands trading, they all think out of the box and come out, come up with all these different ideas. You know, some of the, some of the most amazing features that we have, uh, mm -hmm. and even for me and, you know, making me, you know, different, whether I don't know if I'd call them algorithms, but, you know, different yeah. alerts or, or sure. scrapes of different websites, things like that are all homegrown and ideas from my programmer because he's thinking as a trader first. Oh, well, um, but you and so, your you know, partner it's all, put him all that in coming place. together. But you put him in place, you and your partner, you know, you picked really great people who you are letting be self-sufficient and grow the business. I mean, that to me is brilliant entrepreneurship, really. Yeah. And you, you can find some really good people. I give him credit though. Cause he, he did a whole bunch of stuff for like two years, three years. And I always, you know, maybe offered to pay or whatever. He's like, Nope, one day I'm going to work for you. <laughs> and uh, wow, you're he was kidding. right. <laughs> Is that how it started? Yeah. He was always uh, adding different features and be like, Hey, you know, you could do this. What do you think about this? What do you think of that? And so he was always adding these different, uh, 
you know, ideas to the room. And then, you know, here we are. <laughs> it's fantastic. That is just a great story. And what's his name? Let's give him a shout His out. name's Max. And uh, Cam, my other partner, was a similar situation where, you know, I talked about making like an educational video probably for three years. And I, I just delay, 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 procrastination uh, 101. And uh, wow. <laughs> then he's like, we're doing it. Doing it. <laughs> I'm going to help you. And, you're gonna and so he put in the sweat equity and, and here we are too. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So how important is, I think this just underlies how important it is to have the right group of people around you. So let's just 100%. talk about that. You know, you also give a lot of credit to your wife about like you wouldn't have graduated college without her. <laughs> just let's talk about how important it is to have the right kind of people that have your back, that support you, that believe in you what has that done for you? Yeah, you have to have, I mean, like you mentioned, my wife, like you have to have a good support system uh, because you're going to go through it. You're going to, you know, great days, bad days. I mean, it's an emotional roller coaster. And, you know, for us traders, you know, you take the emotion, you know, out of things, right? So, you know, if we're going on vacation or something like that, I mean, it's literally the day before vacation. She's like, Nate, are you, are you excited? Like, <laughs> because- you know, like, that's just, we end up becoming like robots, you know? And, and uh, so until you actually like disconnect and, and, but you have to, that's difficult. That's difficult for the, the other half. Um, you know, when, when yep. certain things that typically would excite someone is just, you know, la di da because look, if you acted that way in the market, then you're going to get, you know, smacked around and, and, you know, emotionally, you know, pushed out of positions or, or whatever. It's not, it's not a good mix for the market, but um, you know, surrounding yourself with, with other people. Uh, the biggest thing I think is like positive people, yeah. um, not, not yes people, but mm -hmm. just positive people. If somebody's always coming, they're always negative and they're always, you know, kind of bringing you lower. You, know, you don't, you don't need that, you know, try to find people that will better you in one way, try to help these people. If, especially like if, if somebody's smarter than you say, for example, with bios or reading filings or, you know, whatever you try, you should try to offer whatever you can uh, to, to help them so that when you need help, you know, it, it'll come back. And I, I think that a lot of people do that. And, and I think uh, the more you give, the more you, you, you don't do it to get, but it does, it does come around. And I think that's been uh, a, a big part of not just myself, but seeing other traders uh, that just kind of go above and beyond uh, to do something. And then they get it, they get it back when they need it. You know, having come from, uh, the hedge fund world, that's where I worked before I started this coaching practice 15 years ago. I've been shocked in these, you know, three years that I've been really with the retail traders, the level mm -hmm. of generosity and camaraderie and having each other's back. I'm not saying there aren't the trolls or the troublemakers or the negative Nellies out there. Yep. But the, you know, very quickly, I feel very fortunate that I got to meet some amazing, generous people. What do you attribute that to? That there's such good salt of the earth people, generous people uh, yeah. that are here. I mean, it might, it, I don't know, you know, like some of these Traders for a Cause events, you meet really, really good people. Some of the, uh, you know, whether it's on, online, uh, different events, wherever, but I think it's just, this is a hard, a very hard game. And, um, you know, you're going to need a support system. You're going to need these people around you. And I think people get that, um, in order to get up to the next level, you're going to need other people to, to kind of maybe not necessarily challenge you, but, but, 
yeah, maybe, maybe challenge you, you know, just to, to always, uh, you know, once, once you get complacent, you know, you're going to, you're going to stop, um, you know, you got to adapt constantly. A lot of people go through these motions of, yeah, the market's changed. I can't do what I did before. It's not working. And it's just a failure to adapt. Sometimes you need to lean on different people. And when you help somebody else with that, when you're having difficulty, it'll come back around. And I think, I think people just recognize that. Um, and then, you know, that positivity, it, it kind of brushes off on other people and attracts, it attracts the right kind of, uh, individuals. And I think that's really, uh, you know, what it's about, the, the, the more you going back to that, the more that you, you give, the more you get back and, and the more positive you are, the more, uh, you know, the better people that you have in, in yep. your circles. For sure. Uh, you know, one of the things just as the, one of the founders of Trades for a Cause that I just want to share with you is the traders that I've been working with over the past year or two, when they come back from that conference, they are on a natural high for at least yeah. two weeks. The level of nourishment they come back with, this, this completion of so many needs, namely community, namely yep. not feeling so isolated, it's palpable. It's palpable. And I think hearing that and seeing that enthusiasm, you know, at the I don't know, two, three years ago, I was like, what the hell is this conference? Like, what are they doing there? Are they giving them Kool-Aid? Like, why are they so happy? So thank you for putting it together because it feels like the one place people really go and get so much out of and also learn how to be a contribution. Yep. I think some people don't realize being a contribution is so nourishing until they start to do it. So just yep. tell me about what, what, caused you to create it in the first place you and other co-creators of it uh it was just a, a an idea at first i had approached uh scott my my broker uh, centerpoint and uh in october and or, or before october and i was like you know what, what are your thoughts about turning our logos pink and you know maybe doing something whether they you know whatever their commissions are they a percentage goes to uh, you know, breast cancer research or something like that. And, you know, same thing with me. And, and so that was like the initial idea. Wow. And then we went to a bunch of different conferences and we're like, you know what, we, we could do this. Um, but not for profit, you know, we could, we don't, we don't need to make money from this. I'd rather like meet all these you know great people. Um, and, uh, so then we developed traders for cause We put on the first one, uh, and it was, you know, I, I think it's a, a good pull because it's, it's not, you know, you're not lining somebody else's pocket. You're actually making a difference. Your ticket literally helps make a difference, uh, in the world. And, um, I think that's the other reason why is you're, you're getting genuinely good people, um, genuinely good people that want to, uh, make a difference that have done well, uh, or that are beginning to succeed and want to excel in, in, in their career. So, uh, I think all of that together um, is, is, you know, another good way to answer your your, your first question. But yeah. um, you know that that's how it all came together, and um, it just I think this is year nine or so, uh, and uh, wow. yeah, just every year it gets better and better. And we sold uh, we sold out in 24 hours last year. We sold out in 24 minutes this year. God, that's so beautiful. That must feel incredibly satisfying. Well, I'm going to get to see it in action myself this year because I'm very honored to have been asked to be a speaker. So I'll get to have some of that magic Kool-Aid myself. So I'm excited to, <laughs> to see just how 
how you guys put this on in a such a way that people walk away so nourished. I think that's, uh, I think it's so needed. I think it is such an isolating, uh, you know, thing to be in and to have others who have your back or are going through similar challenges as you yep. just makes you feel less alone. Yeah. And, and that's, it's, it's meeting people in person, I think. Uh, might be another better way to answer your question. Like there wasn't that many uh, conferences. Maybe I think there was a, an expo in, in years past that I had used uh, used to go to, but um, there was nothing where you genuinely can sit down or talk to somebody one-on-one for you know a, a period of time and get questions answered, rub shoulders with people that you know you look up to. I mean, these are people that are, are just absolutely amazing traders and knowing that you can now potentially, you know, text them with a question, call them with a question, email them with a question and have that connection. It's, yeah. it's, um, I, I think that's what uh, lifts a lot of people's careers up. And we've had some amazing traders. Uh, I mean, people that are, were just green as can be, you know, the first year and now some which are, you know, up on stage teaching, you know, I'm learning from them and they're, you know, 10 or 15 years younger than me. So it's, it's really neat to see that. Um, but, uh, it, that's, that's the cool part about, you know, this, this kind of, uh, conference. I, I, that's the other thing too, that I, I suspect that those, you know, those who are at the top of their game that are coming from this place of wanting to be a contribution back, their willingness to be a mentor or help those that are very serious, like quickly, they filter right. out those who aren't serious, but boy, I just keep seeing how many really successful traders do want to be a contribution if they feel the person really values what they're teaching them exactly. and that that's it's it's just remarkable it's inspiring and it just makes uh you know you feel good about humanity when you see that left and right um yeah i, th- I think it's like the real recognized real right so when you're having a conversation yes. and you know you you're like all right this this person's passionate about it yes. they put in the work they're not wasting my time yes. you know you're willing to you know bend over backwards to to kind of help them and and hopefully get them uh, you know perfect on with their career so perfect. i think that's uh, and i i think it all kind of comes back to um you know your your um what is it um like not priorities but uh you know it's a it's a very lonely game right and and so the way that you can give back or the way that you can kind of check off that box of of uh making a difference in somebody else's life i mean it's it's uh, it's good sure. And it, and it nourishes you too. It gives you gas in the earth tank, you know. Purpose. The- purpose is the word I was looking for. It's, it's a good, it gives you a, a solid purpose, uh, yeah. which a lot of traders still are looking for a purpose beyond, you know, you, yes. you make all this money and you're like, well, you know, what's my purpose? And then, you know, it all comes around. So beautiful. So I'm so glad you spoke to that word. So your purpose, what's your purpose? Um, I think my purpose is, I, I mean, it's, it's, evolving. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I ever had a, uh, a, a direct kind of line. It's still, um, you know, still kind of building, but my, my goals, my purpose is to like, for example, like one of my investment kind of strategies is, you know, to buy kind of sought after real estate by the beach, by the lake, wow. places where I can make memories, you wow. know, and, wow. um, that was always fun growing up when, you, you know, you go to the, the friend's house that has this or that, and you remember those summers, you remember those winters, whatever it was. So 
that was one of the main things that I wanted to be able to do for my family, my kids. Um, and you know, even, you know, my parents her, my, my wife's parents and, and cousins, et cetera. So, um, that was one of the biggest things. Now it's just like getting that time back and, and, and uh, making sure that I, I do that. Yeah. Um, so that's a constant battle. Um, but I have been getting progressively better and better and better. But uh, other than that, give back, um, not necessarily just charitably, but, yeah. um, you know, providing good content, you know, doing these, you never know what, you know, whether what, what topic or, or whatever you hear, you know, I listen to all these different interviews with these people because you can always learn something. And if you just have that one takeaway, that could be one thing that, you know, changes you for, you know, the trajectory of your, your career. Um, so I think the, the more solid content, you know, when I first started out, there was none of this, you know, you just kind of, kind of figure it out on your own. Um, then all kinds of different services popped up. There's obviously some, some terrible ones, and then there's some really good ones. But for me personally, I don't really care necessarily about the, the next sale, the next subscriber. I just want to put good content out there. And if you find value in it, then great. Um, and, and I know that I am trying to put out the best content. And if that can take somebody to the next level, uh, you'll probably hear about it in a couple of years. So, you yeah. know, oh, I remember that one video or this or that, because I know it helps me. I, I, you know, I watch a lot of different interviews. Yeah. And that, and that I would imagine knowing that you're making that difference for other traders and maybe helping their journey not be as difficult as yours has been and your determinedness that you that must feel good to know like wow i'm helping one other person if not many other persons just yeah. up level it's definitely a good feeling it's 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 more exciting than you know maybe even your best day or your own pnl when you yeah. see them you know kind of getting uh really starting to accelerate there's a, a trader that's coming this year um and you know we talk all the time and, and again like we were just talking about you know you can tell he's passionate about it um kept on getting, you know, a particular setup, uh, kept on maybe covering too soon, not getting enough size. And I was like, just, you know, don't beat yourself up on it. Keep doing the same thing over and over. And at some point, you know, it's, it's going to catch up. It's going to, it's going to work in the, the way that you're expecting. And, uh, it was like maybe like a month ago and, you know, this guy probably, uh, average, uh, on this particular setup, maybe is a, a five or $10,000 type of thing. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like a $90,000 gain. And I just was like, so happy for him. Yeah. Uh, but just kind of going through talking through that process and don't beat yourself up because you're going to, you know, come in negative, you're going to be upset, you're going to end up being in the wrong mindset, just keep okay. doing what you're doing. And if you have a good process, at some point, it's, it's, it's going to hit. And um, so he was, he was pumped and he's coming to the traders for a cause, which is uh, kind of the icing on the cake. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So that, that encouragement that you gave him, I, I just want to talk a little bit about mindset. What do you feel most traders don't realize about their own mindset that they really should? Um, I think it's, I think um, you got to be in, a, in the proper zone. You got to be able to reset. You got to be able to disconnect from uh, these, these particular trades. And you've got to be able to come in prepared and, and you have to know uh, when you're not in the right mindset. I think there's so many traders that um, think, including myself, used to think, you know, you've got to trade. I went to the Super Bowl 
And, you know, I've got my laptop the next morning, went to bed at probably 4am and I'm like, you know, getting up, trying to, trying to trade the open. Why, you know, why, why am I doing that? I ended up losing that day, you know, and it's like, I, I was in zero mindset uh, to trade. And meanwhile, my, my friend, who's one of the ones that I was talking about 15 years younger than me, and probably the, the best trader that I know, mm-hmm. um, sleeping like a baby. Why would he get up? He's not in the mindset. He's not with his tools. He's not, you know, if you're going to be a peak performer, you need to be, you know, you, you need to have a, a, a minimum kind of, um, Bar of head tree, bar of head tree, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta have your setup. You gotta be prepared. You gotta have sleep. You, you shouldn't be like kind of rushing. You gotta go to the airport. So I think making sure that um, you know you're you're in the right um, frame of mind to trade is one thing. Um, you know, being aware of your surroundings. Are you are you tired? Are you, did you have a disagreement? Did you get in a fight? Um, did you, you know, all these outlier? Um, things can come into your trading and maybe you're getting frustrated and, and you make, you know, different, uh, you're more aggressive trading because of these outlier uh, things that you could control by just not pushing buttons. So yep. Um, yep. making sure that you zone in. I, I recently, you know, I've been, um, my wife started doing the gym. I've been taking my daughter to uh, school more and, and things like that, but yeah. it threw off my kind of, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, preparation. Sure. And I started to realize like at the end of the day, I was, I was tired, I was stressed and I, and, and threw off uh, my process. Yep. So I kind of had to, you know, I'm like, what is going on and why am I always exhausted and why this, why that? So, you know, you have to make sure that you have time for yourself before and after to, to, to be able to perform in, in this industry. That's awesome. That's awesome that you noticed it. I think it's uh there's life is always moving families are always moving you know it's changing it's and it's that adaptability so that's what i'm Mm -hmm. hearing your willingness to consistently adapt you always have to whether it's a loss where you throw kids in the mix yep you know you throw different things that are going to throw you off i mean it's there's just so many different moving parts that um, you don't realize it in, until it's, you know, in front of you and there and- you to face. <laughs> All right. So it, let's talk about adaptability. A lot of the questions from Twitter were in reference to this market, this, you know, very unusual time that we've been in. Uh, some of the questions and my questions too are how you talked even in other talks I've watched of yours where you say you, it's inevitable that you're going to hit a wall. Uh, you have to be prepared for that emotionally, psychologically, your your style has to adapt to that. So what is it that you think is the most relevant to traders now about their adaptability? Uh, I always say like being honest with yourself because you can make all these different excuses. Oh, this market is this because of that. I didn't make money because of that. But you've got to like look at the real reason. Everybody will have a million different reasons why a trade didn't work or why they're not performing. But a lot of times you end up doing the same thing over and over and you're expecting different results Mm -hmm. and which is uh, the definition of insanity, obviously. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that was something that, you know, my own broker one time had had told me it's Scott, he's a a friend of mine. Um, But you know, I, I got into that rough patch. This is many years ago, but I was constantly doing the same thing, expecting that, you know, maybe the next time would be different. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing right now in this chop is, 
they are expecting it to be like it was before. They're expecting they can buy a dip and it's going to rebound. They're expecting that these things are going to fade all day. Um, and, you know, as, as we've discussed, it's, it's changed. And so going back and reevaluating and, and seeing what you could have done better, looking for similarities, you know, normally this would have faded all day, but instead it started to base at 10 AM through 11 and it started to rally back up. Well, you knew that you thought about covering a lot of times. If you just go back to that moment where you're like, this should have broke down here. You still have three or four or five minutes to make the right decision, but you don't want to because it started to rally. You were up a little bit more and you start to get, you know, you start to have uh, emotions about it. So um, going back and identifying there's, there's even some, some folks in the, in the room where they're like, you know, um, yeah, I think it's going to break down this time. I think it's going to do this, this time. And, and how many times do you have to say that? And usually I give myself maybe like two or three strikes where, you know, maybe I'll start into something. It flushes a little bit, you know, if I'm going to short it and, uh, you know, it comes back and maybe I stop out, then I do it again. And I start to realize that I'm just kind of trying to anticipate. You don't need to anticipate in this market. Uh, that I think is the biggest change, uh, since 2020, 2021 is you don't need to anticipate things, let it happen. Uh, because all they want to do is just keep working you out of, uh, the position and then the move will come. You can just wait for the move to come because moves are so large that you're not going to miss the downside or the upside from from when it breaks off of a consolidation level. We're, we're going to move over to Twitter space in a few minutes, but I have one last question. What, specifically now, after what you've just said, it's, it feels like a good time to ask you. There was one of your talks where you spoke about how so much emphasis is placed on learning from your losses, but you said there's many times we have very important things to learn from the wins. Talk yes. a little bit about that because I really felt that was such a profound uh you know, peace for people. So talk, what, why yeah, did you yeah. say that? Why look at the winners? Uh, because there's always a better way. You can always find out the, the biggest, most people add to their losers, right? Cause it's just, it, it's just the only way they're going to get out is they're going to add some more, add some more. So you're, you're scaling into something and your risk is at the most when you're down the most. And so if you can look at your winners and look at how you could have scaled into something a little bit more and added into that winner, and, and traded it better, you're going to start to see exponential returns because you can always start to push more and push more in certain situations. You'll start to look at, you know, could you have waited a little bit longer? Could you have done something different where maybe you wouldn't have been so emotionally uh, attached to it? One of the biggest things I, I think with um, uh, Lance kind of pointed out, yeah. uh, he, he had mentioned like the, the V and in trading on the right side of the V. And there's been so many times in the past where you're like, all right, I'm going to try to get the bottom, try to get the bottom, try to get the bottom. And then it comes back and you're like, phew, you know, you get out and you sell for flat. Well, you know what? That was probably an ad spot. That was probably the time to buy. But instead, you're selling out for flat or minimizing a loss or maybe a small gain. Meanwhile, he's coming in and, and buying it up because it's time to go. And so I think that that's uh, a really big, um, a big, big change or, or a big thing to identify is, is, is realizing um, these, these small little changes can really um, reduce the drawdowns 
and, and really give you a, an exponential uh, upside when, when you're right. So I, I don't think enough people, you know why you lost. You know what you did wrong. It's, it's you're either stubborn, you didn't respect your stop. Um, stops are part of the game and you have your risk level and it should be, you know, business as usual. It, you, you were wrong. You got out. If you're fighting that, if you're adding to it, if you're doing all those things, it, that's obvious, you know, you, you're stubborn. You, yep. you didn't, you didn't respect the rules. Yep. I don't need to review that. I know what I did wrong, but if you can keep on making your winners better and better and better, that's when you start to really expand and extend those, those gains. And, and you will see a huge difference. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to squeeze one more in because we just have a few minutes left here. Uh, what do you feel that, that the, the most important piece right now for traders to keep in mind in this unusual market? And just for context, everybody, it's July 28th, 2022. What do you feel is the single most important advice that you want to give people who are perhaps a few years in they're certainly not yep. brand new they're more sophisticated but you know they have they don't have the amount of years you do what is it that you want them to keep mindful of as they navigate the rest of this you know yeah. year um stay in your lane you know it's you versus you um it doesn't matter what somebody else is doing it doesn't matter what somebody else makes uh you know it's, it's good to be inspired by them but not influenced as in you didn't make enough. You didn't go in large enough. You didn't um, make the right move because they made move more. That's always going to be the case. Somebody will always make more. So you have to just keep on fine tuning your own process because, you know, I, I could have the best system in the world, but you, you couldn't trade it. Uh, you have to learn it. You have to learn what works with you. Uh, there's amazing traders that I know that I just can't do what they do. Uh, but I know what works for me. Yeah. And you just have to stick with that and keep on finding better ways to maximize gains and fine tune the process. And, and for me, you know, how to minimize stress and, and, and you know, not exhaust yourself um, because I'm sure, you know, as well, but by the end of the day, you could easily be exhausted staring at the screens all day. Um, so how do you find that proper balance? How do you get off desk? How do you, how do you do all these different things and in, still enjoy you know what you're doing. You don't, you don't want it to feel like work and you know, you easily can uh, make it feel that way if you want. For sure. For sure. All right. So we're going to take Nathan over to Twitter space. We're going to get some questions from some people. I also have a few questions they've already given me. So Nathan, I'm going to hop right into some of the questions we already gathered up from Twitter. One of them was a, a really great question just about what's happening right now in this bear market. Uh, Darth Trader, what a great name, he's asking, uh, what was investors, you know, your first bear market experience like? And then how many years did it uh, occur? That's the first part of his question. So I'll pause there. Uh I didn't really participate in the first crash. I think the first uh, bear market was probably during COVID, which uh, I probably was a little bit underprepared. There was definitely opportunity. There was always, you know, the meme stocks and everything. And it was probably my best year ever. Um, but uh, I think I was less prepared than I was this time around uh, for when things started to, to take a turn. And that's, I mean, it's just, pretty much business as usual because it's it's looking for opportunities looking for stocks that have gone straight up to potentially 
uh, you know, fade or it's stocks that have ramped up, consolidated and looking for a, a secondary breakout. So the overall market doesn't necessarily matter for me. Uh, obviously, if things are going straight up, there's usually a lot more opportunity. But uh, we've been pretty fortunate to have um, opportunity both ways for, I mean, since COVID. Um, so I'm not really uh, it, it, it doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a bear market, bull market. All that matters to me is volatility. And what what would you say is your thinking and habit process? That was kind of the second part of Dart Trader's question to you. What do you feel gets you through for any experience of volatility? Like, how do you navigate it yourself? Just give us like a little bit of a window into your mindset when dealing with it. Yeah, I think it's it's. It's easy to uh, get overwhelmed. Uh, one of the one of the biggest changes that I'd say over, I've made over the last couple of years, uh, two big changes. Um, one is, um, you know, like low float type names, things like that. Uh, I pretty much cut those out. You know, if I trade them, I trade them small. But uh, really focusing on two names. You know, I, every morning I try to bring everything down to two names. Maybe I have 10, 12, 15 ideas, but. Uh, I try to zone into only two names to focus on those. Uh, otherwise, you look back and, and you realize you missed, you know, all the the layups if you're trying to to nail everything. So, um, really fine tuning, figuring out what you're best at, and and ignoring the rest. We can all try to trade uh, 900 names a day, and and yes, I trade a lot, but uh, I only size in typically to two names at a time. The rest are just a, a little bit smaller. Um, you know, maybe a, a bigger picture. I kind of, I kind of look at them as as names that I can just kind of babysit on the side, get on the right side, and, and let them work in in a smaller manner, um, rather than um, you know try to size into everything. Because you, you look back and you're like, man, how did I get here with all these positions and yeah. upside down here, up here, down there. Yep. Yep. All right. And Fabian asked, how do you manage getting out of trading tilts and how do you overcome those tilts over the years? Have they has it changed? Like drawdowns and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I, one of the uh, it's time. It's always time. It's always about looking. Uh, you know, if say it's April, you know, your your target's gonna be the end of the summer. If it's right now, maybe by the year end. Um, I, I think most people try to fix everything uh, right away. And there's been plenty of times where I, I have a, a big loss. I come back the next day and I'm, I'm up, you know, maybe half of what I lost. And then it's not enough. Right. And you always want more and more and more. And, and um, I think having realistic expectations uh, and setting your, your um, as long as it's, it's uh, I think everybody always does the same thing after a loss and they always try to, come back and take care of it the next day. And I think if you take one step back and say, all right, I'm going to work towards this goal. that's maybe three months away, whether it's six months away and set those expectations, then your daily expectations are going to be much more attainable. And before you know it, it's not going to take that long. It's just all about getting back into the mindset and mindset. And for whatever reason, when we lose, we feel like we have to sit at the desk more. We have to trade more. We have to push more. Uh, and, and that's really the, the time when you should be going back to what works and what, what do I do when I'm trading my best? I get off desk more. I trade less. I'm patient. I'm waiting for these 
A plus opportunities and forget the rest. Mm. You know, you can always find a trade, but you know, the, the best traders that I know that I've learned from, um, that I look up to, I, I mean, most of the time they're not trading. They're just focused on waiting for those trades to come to their wheelhouse and taking advantage of those. And you'll find that if you start to focus on just, uh, you know, what was working when you were trading your best, you're going to check off those boxes faster than you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Adam has a great question. He said that he, uh, you really, uh, what, he's curious how you narrow down the stocks that you do focus on. He spoke to uh, FinViz as the platform that you use, but he said without fail, your watch list always has things that are out of the blue and yet killer moves. Uh, picking the right stocks, Adam feels is very pertinent, very challenging. He's just curious if you share some of your process on how you do it. Yeah, you'll notice that a lot of the setups are always the same. Um, and, you know, if it doesn't happen, you know, right away, then you just, you know, like, for example, SIGA, S-I-G-A. At some point, we're going to have a, a massive trade. But the, the key is just not exhausting on the front side of the move. So it's it's about stalking the trade, staying familiar with it, setting price alerts. But uh, most people are always afraid that they're going to, to miss these opportunities. So I just have the scan set up to search for basically overextended moves and uh when the um when the trade comes whether it, you know it it starts to either gap up parabolic the way that i fine tune it is say i have 10 names on watch as they prove me right so if i'm anticipating a gap up if i'm if i'm looking for a gap up in a parabolic if i'm looking for a, a gap down and a reversal if they're doing what i expected then, you know, obviously I have the right read on it. So I will start to focus on those over the other ones. Um, but it's always the same. You'll, you'll notice it's always the same setups. It's always the same kind of charts, whether it's the, the main watches are, I'm always focused on liquidity. I try not to trade, you know, these super thin names because it's, they're, they're, they're great until they're not. And you know, that, that eighth, ninth, 10th one takes all your money back. So um, for me, it's about finding the, the most liquid setup, uh, with the best opportunity so that I don't have to worry about, you know, different, uh, whether it's, it's rooms or newsletters or, or somebody tweets something or, or whatever it may be that, uh, actually increases your risk. You know, in this, in this market, sometimes thin, thin stocks go straight up into a circuit hall. I don't want to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, so for me, I, I really focus on, on the big, the thicker, um, you know, big flow, high volume, uh, extremely liquid names, which has uh, really done a, a number as far as, you know, staying out of, uh, you know, these landmines. Justin Morgan asked about this initial uh, large loss that you had a long time ago. He says here 200K. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, that was like that's a small loss now. That was that was my biggest loss at the time. But I've since had losses that are you know five x that or or more sometimes. Wow. So part of what he was curious about is how does one recover from that emotionally and or tactically, and then also he asked about how you found your edge uh, on the other side of that. Yeah, it definitely is a it it definitely can kick you down. Um, I think uh, most of it's how you look at it. And um, look, every single great trader that I know is you know lost at least a million dollars in a trade, and it's just a, a minor setback for for great things. And you have to learn how to lose. You have to 
Uh, you've, you've got to have gone there before to know how it feels. And uh, until you actually feel it, until you actually uh, realize that, you know, risk management is a, a super important uh, aspect of, of, of trading, um, you don't really know. You know, you, you, you can say you have these uh, amazing rules. You can say that you're going to stop out. You're gonna, you can say that you're going to do this. But when it comes down to it, do you? And a lot of times you'll, you'll realize that you don't. Um, and, uh, so I think that's a, a very, uh, very important thing, but, um, coming back from a loss is that that was the, the best thing. Um, just what I said in the prior, uh, question, um, you know, just, just doing what you do when you do your best, like, why do you change it? Why do you all of a sudden try to change what was working, uh, to, to quote unquote, get back. And, uh, what I usually tell people is, is scroll out, you know, zoom out, look at the last, you know, six months, 12 months, two years. And if, if you've got a, a PNL curve that that's heading higher, then why does this one trade mean that you change everything and, uh, you know, get away from what got you there? Uh, it's, it's a, you, you, you broke a rule. Um, now you know not to, you, you went there, uh, and it's just about avoiding that in the future, but that doesn't mean just, you know, change everything that has worked over the last two or five or 10 years just because of this one trade. Yeah. Awesome. And guys, if you're enjoying this conversation, please be sure to tweet out to your followers that we're having this conversation with Nathan. He's being very generous with his time and dropping lots of wisdom. So please, if you would share this Twitter space now with your followers to bring more people here so they can all walk away uh, with, with more wisdom. Uh, J8, we're going to take questions in a minute. So please have your questions ready. Please try not to duplicate the questions I've already asked him. Uh, but J8 had a couple, uh, couple of good questions. He was curious how you trade around Fed meetings uh, and if that impacts you and or macro concerns. Uh, his experience is that most retail swing traders, he knows, uh, spend zero time in this. He's curious if you do focus at all. And if you do, what is it that you do focus on? Yeah, it's more of a sit on the hands type of situation. Uh, you know, it's it, it's it's a great idea until it's not right. Mm -hmm. So it's just like earnings. You know, you 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 make money uh, a bunch of times, then you lose it all in one trade because there, there's really just no edge. Some people will argue that. Some people have an edge. Some people understand the the um, everything there is to know about uh, the Fed meetings. I don't. You know, that's not what I'm, that's, that's not what uh, I understand. That's not something that I could debate anybody on. So I'm not going to pretend that I know what, you know, stocks should do, but I can react once things start to settle down. I can wait and wait to, to see whether it's higher lows, uh, starts to fail, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and wait for a setup that I'm familiar with um, to form because I'm, I'm a technical trader. So I'm not going to pretend that I'm some, you know, uh, econ uh smart trader that's going to figure this thing out and know which way it's going to go because that that's going to be the one time that it doesn't <laughs> so yeah uh it's all about uh tape price action uh you know setups to for me great ryan who's uh, a listener to a lot of the twitter spaces here he just put up on twitter that, that he sound, found the sound a little intermittent when traders come in or out of the space there seems to be some uh challenge but he did ask if the recording is going to be available and it will be available ryan 
uh, but it probably won't be available until mid or uh, end of next week because Lucas, our wonderful editor, is uh, on a holiday. So you're going to have to wait a little longer for this incredible conversation with Nathan. And we're sorry for the sound being intermittent. I don't, I don't know what that is, but there's always tech issues, especially with uh, Twitter. So we're going to start taking questions now from the audience. I know you put me on as a co-host, Nathan, but I'm not sure if Twitter reads me that way. So it could be that you may have to um, open those people and give them permission to come in. So please, if you guys will raise your hand uh, on this space, if you do have a specific question for Nathan, uh, please let us know now and we'll open the mic up for you. Uh, either Nathan or I will, depending on which one has access. So if you do want to ask a direct question to him, please put put that up. You just have to hit the mic and that is your request to speak. And if not, I'm going to keep going through the questions we had gathered off Twitter. Looks. You want me to uh, just accept some of these people? Yes, please. Thank you. That All would right. Be great. All right. I think somebody's live. Okay. Maybe. Uh, on trade. Yeah. Okay, need, on trade. Do you have a question for me? Can you guys hear me? Yep. All right. First of all, thank you guys for doing this for the community. Really, really appreciate you guys. Um, quick one for the Nate, the beast. <laughs> um, Nate, I really admire. I can't how... hear him, Nathan. Can you? Yes. Okay. Nate, I truly admire how well family-oriented person you are. Just want to ask you on the you already made it to the other side. So how do you maintain the balance between life and spending time in front of the screens? Uh, it's a constant work in progress. So you have to be aware of it. You have to, uh, you know, it's something that you continually work on and you, uh, you're in the room. Uh, so, you know, you kind of see me put it out there, um, and, and talk about it. And, um, you know, if you, if you talk about it, you be about it. And, and it's just, it's been a, a work in progress. Uh, I was talking to Kim earlier about, uh, that balance and, um, you know, how do you, how do you do it? And, uh, it's really just about kind of verbalizing it and, and holding yourself accountable and, uh, you know, it'll happen. Um, but if you just kind of write goals and like, that's it, uh, then, then, you know, how many, how many, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions or, or, or whatever did you have that you just never did? So I think this last Sunday on Scan, I, I said, now's a good time to kind of look back at all your goals and what you were trying to accomplish for this year and, and have you made any progress? And if, if not, there's still time to change. But uh, really, it's just about accountability and um, making sure uh, that, uh, you know, you, you, you check off those boxes. So um, it's not, it's not easy by any means. And, uh, like Kim and I were talking before, it, it's, it's something that, um, you know, I, I had great plans in, in probably 2019 and in 2020, and I never, never did anything about it. 20 late 2020, I made, you know, big changes 2021. I made big changes. And this year I've probably made the most changes where, you know, I've been able to, to get off the desk more and, and, uh, really, uh, focus on, trading a bit less bigger picture moves and um all of that kind of helps you know everything yeah right uh 
but don't you feel like guilt like let's say you know you you were away from the screens and then this big uh, move happened that you were stalking for let's say days and then all of a sudden it happened now you missed a complete unwind like how do you like balance that that negative emotion uh, even though we have so many opportunities right now but still like you know it hurts <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the thing you have to remember is it's always, it, number one, you're always going to miss opportunities. Uh, and number two is there's always another trade uh, coming around. And I used to be that way. I used to not want to leave my desk because, you know, I miss, miss an opportunity. But at the end of the day, it's life. And, uh, you know, if you, um, if, if you want to always feel like you're missing out, if you want to always feel like, um, you know, you, 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 you can't leave because you're going to miss, um, one of the things I always kind of think about is, is how many times did I have an opportunity to go somewhere and I declined and I didn't go and I lost as a result of it. Mm -hmm. And so you gotta, you have to be honest with yourself with both ways, you know, okay, sure. You missed that opportunity, but had you stayed, you know, there's been times that I stay and I lose. So, uh, you can, you can play both sides. And, uh, I think the biggest thing is, you know, since 2020, this market has changed forever and, and whether or not it's going to slow down or not i i don't know but there's countless opportunities every single day so if you miss one today there's one tomorrow beautiful nathan i just want to check on you are you okay if we uh, keep going it, we have used up those 30 minutes i'm happy to stay but i want to honor your schedule and commitment so are you okay to stay a little longer yeah, I'm, I'm good, whatever. Okay, okay, awesome. We have a couple of questions, uh, people raising their hand. I don't know, for some reason before, it didn't work with me being the co-host, but it did now. So I'm gonna uh, open it up to um, Abdul. I'm not sure if I'm saying your whole name right, but I am trying to open you up so you can speak, but I don't know if I've done that correctly. It might be you, Nathan, who has to give him permission. I can do it, yeah. All right, thank you so much. Oh. Hello. Hi, Kim. Abdullah, you're on. Yes. Uh, can can, can you hear me? I'm, yes, I sure can. Yeah, uh, What's your I question just, for Nathan? Yeah, I got a quick question. I mean, uh, uh, your host is a great speaker. He has a great momentum of explaining the strategy of uh, trading. The question that came to my mind, if I'm trading in the short term, uh, how would I know the the peak of the stock? For example, the Bagaya stock that has been uh, moved from 5 to 20. I owned it in 5 as I sold it at 6. But how is there any strategy that I can know? I mean, like it's going to go to uh, to uh, $20. Is there the strategy that it's, um, uh, for example, it's like a decent strategy, not following the people the Twitter they are mentioning without any uh, without any evidence thank you uh, sorry I didn't really understand the question you're asking how uh, it sounded at first that you were trying to find uh, how to find the top or you're trying to find you know how a stock would go from six to, to 20 yeah I mean I mean is there like is there a tool that uh, how how would I anticipate I mean uh, the the best time to sell you mentioned the beginning you have to be patient, sometimes take years. But in this talk, sometimes it's just one to two days that it's double or tripled, uh, like from its original price. How, how would I know the time to sell? 
Uh, I mean, there's, there's never a bad time to sell some, uh, I'm always, you know, an advocate for, uh, you know, at it, uh, uh, scaling out along the way. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's important to do so. It'll help take emotions out of the, the trade as well. Um, and especially in this market where things, uh, continually retest and, and, and check different levels and, and, uh, come back. Um, it's always nice to have a little bit of a padding to let something work, but, um, you know, I, I never know, you never know when, how high something can go. Um, you know, the more volume there is, the more likely, uh, you know, that, that there could be a potential outlier, uh, move, but, um, you know, you just kind of have to get a feel for, uh, you know, what the market's doing right now. For example, today, you know, I, little IPOs and, and these low floaters are going to go crazy because HKD just went from, you know, four to 20 to, to 200. Um, so, uh, who knows? Who knows how high these things are going to go? But over time, if you if you um, always kind of do the same strategy, meaning um, you know take gains along the way, it's it's going to probably um, be more beneficial uh, over time. Just because uh, more often than not, you're not going to have an outlier move. You know, outliers are called outliers because they don't happen often. Black swans, etc. So uh, that was one thing that. Um, you know, after after a huge move, uh, I found myself, uh, you know, five, six, seven years ago, I'd always try to hold the next one. And, and that's everybody's strategy. And um, if you if you change uh, as, as things are, are going, um, it, it's it's always I found good to lock in along the way and, and don't try to get the top every single time. If you sell too early, you sell too early. You can always buy back if you want. Um, but if you always try to hold to the top more often than not, in my opinion, you're going to be. Uh, disappointed. Dustin, we're going to take your question. Uh, so okay, yeah. Your question cool. for Nathan. I agree with not holding and hoping there, Nate. Um, good stuff. But my question is, what time do you wake up in the morning to borrow um, shares to short? Like, for example, HKD tomorrow. Um, HKD was pretty readily available, but I, I probably won't, um, borrow it. I, it's just something I, like I said earlier, I just kind of cut those things out. Maybe, maybe I will, maybe small, maybe, I don't know. Um, but to me, there's a, a much better trade with a lot less risk, you know, on something like Sega or, yeah. you know, AMC and things like that. So my focus is always going to be something that I can have extreme high conviction, um, you know, you've got GOVX, you've got SIGA, you had RDVX, you have plug with crazy range and crazy volume. So uh, at this point in my trading career, it's about how can I make the most with the least risk, have the most conviction. Uh, and I know personally that I, I cannot come to the market tomorrow and have a heavy conviction on something like HKD when, you know, my fate could be determined by a, a circuit halt one way or the other. Okay. What time do you usually wake up like press the button to borrow shares in the morning if there is a perfect setup and you don't want to miss out on the shares? Uh, it's not always a rush to the to the open. I mean, you can borrow, obviously, as, as uh, early as four, but sometimes maybe you pay a, a premium. So uh, there's always, you know, they go to the street and locate stock. Uh, and so a lot of times you'll see them refresh uh, particular uh, inventories at, 
say seven, seven thirty-eight, or or whatever. So I think really the the quote unquote secret is to to keep trying. Uh, a lot of people try once or twice, and then they you know they uh, give up. Um, but you know sometimes there's a lot more availability later than there was you know at four a.m., five a.m., six a.m. So there are times definitely um, that I, I wake up and borrow. Uh, but that's, there's also times, you know, uh, that I overpay if I do it earlier. So, um, it just really depends on the setup, but, uh, I, I really don't worry about something like HKD. Paper Archer, we're going to let you ask a question, but just a friendly reminder, if you guys are enjoying this, getting value from Nathan's wisdom, please do, uh, put out a tweet to your followers that were in here having this amazing time with them. Paper Archer, you waited a long time to ask a question, please feel free to ask Nathan your question. Hey, Nate. Um, I had a quick question. I've been a longtime follower for a while. So, um, and you have this concept of basically waiting for a, a level to fail. You choose a key level and you wait for it to fail before you actually size in. I know you might take a starter beforehand, but I was wondering what, what do you do if, if the price does drop below, it looks like it's holding and you size in and then it starts to move against you. Um, for me personally, sometimes I move down my stop um, which sometimes goes against me and it'll, it'll break back down. So I was curious what you do if you get that confirmation to size in and then the, the stock starts to go against you. Uh, I would adjust. I would adjust at that key level. Usually I'll give at least, it, it depends if it's like a, a thicker name or if it's something like, you know, a, a thin low float, then you obviously need to act a lot faster. But uh, typically I'm, you see, I usually put a lot of triangles just because I'd rather continually scale slowly as it gets away rather than just go, you know, one shot or or two entries. I'd rather continue to scale as it gets away. If it starts to rally, then I'll make an adjustment. Uh, typically, if it goes sideways or if it you know starts to, to thin up, typically you have a, a little bit of time to do so. Um, but that was definitely something where um, in the past, you know, I've sized up and then it comes back up and, and, you know, I was just up, you know, X and now I'm not, now I'm either up small or flat or, or potentially down a little bit. Uh, and then I decide to, you know, quote unquote, see what it does. Um, so I think it's super important to control your risk at that point. And you do have time most of the time to, to go ahead and, and, uh, size out or adjust, but what the, the main thing you don't want to do at that time is to have size, have scaled in, and then just kind of be one with the market. Whatever the market decides is kind of your fate. So um, as, as long as you're sizing down and, and controlling your risk, uh, if, it, if it goes in the um, opposite move, you can always get right back in. You know, sometimes you're going to cover and it's going it, to, that was it. That was the top. And you just covered for flat for no reason and you were right all along. But you know, there's a lot of times that that doesn't happen and, you, and, you know, you'd be happy. Guys, we're listening to Nathan, who is giving some incredible gems here. Of course, he is of Investors Live. That's also his Twitter handle. If you guys have any questions here, please feel free to raise your hand. Dip Trader, you've been waiting a while. Please ask your question of Nathan. Hey, Kim. Hey, Nate. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. Thanks for doing this. Uh, so my question is like when a stock starts to get kind of away from itself, uh, sometimes as that momentum starts to die off, what you'll see is like there's a big level and buyers will try to push through it. You'll see all this buying and then the ask will refresh. So there's like a hidden seller there. 
Um, as someone who takes size, would you ever put like a hidden sell at some area to just kind of like put pressure on a stock to start to dump off if you feel like that momentum's fading? And if not, um, would you ever see something like this and say, hmm, you know, I'm kind of interested in this. Maybe I'll risk off this level or something like that. Yeah, that's definitely something that I pay attention to in the tape. Um, I try never to, I, I try to be kind of like a small fish within, you know, whatever's happening. I never want to, unless I'm exiting the position, most of the time I just try to uh, work into it, you know, quietly, uh, which is why you usually see a lot of entries. I, I just don't like to kind of show my hand uh, on a, on a particular um, move, but if I'm exiting something, uh, I have definitely no problem just, you know, putting a hidden hidden um, bid or, or offer and, and be able to get out. out. Um, but uh, as you start to trade a little bit more size, you have to be, you know, aware of certain liquidity spots. So, um, you know, for example, RDBX today, you know, had a, a, a monster unwind and then it, you know, quickly rebounded 30, 40, 50 cents. So if you weren't there, then you didn't fill and then you know you had to chase it back up 30 40 cents so uh you have to be the more size that you trade and sometimes it's 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 difficult to always do it right and and you know usually i share those frustrations in the room when you know i i, I was up a lot sometimes you forget that you are trading a lot of size and you know that that 30 or 50 or 80 cent flush or, or even more is a, a major move on that particular name um so you know, yes, I, I typically will have orders out there and 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 ready to cover, um, or or ready to offer. Um, but no, typically I, I'd rather see proof uh, that there's another. I'd rather not be the the reason or or the. Um, uh, I, I'd rather see confirmation through other means that uh, it's an actual seller. And I think I I hit upon this this last Sunday uh, video or the, the one before that with like th. GOSS and RYTM, where you, know, you don't know if that pressure is, is shorts or if it's sellers until it actually pops back up. So a lot of people chase things down and, you know, they think that it's about to crack. But reality is, is that might have just been shorts pressuring it. And if there's no sellers, it's going to pop right back up. Uh, and, you know, if you were that pressure, if you were sizing in, uh, you know, anticipating or the reason why it was heavy, then uh you know good luck you know covering if it if it pops the other way let us know if you guys have any questions here in the room we had a question earlier uh this week for you nathan from servillo and he was saying if you had to start over all over again and had 25k what would you do to grow the fastest what would you cut out and what kind of mindset would you have while doing it um I mean, I would probably focus on, on, you know, everybody's different. So uh, you really have to focus on what setup works for you, not somebody else. And uh, we just did an interview with, with Lance and, and he kind of uh, echoed that where, you know, he could have the perfect process that makes him, you know, print some millions and millions and millions. But um, that doesn't mean that you could just do the same thing and print millions and millions and millions. Uh, you still have to go through the motions and learn and actually uh, figure out how uh, to, to do that. And that's the, the great part about trading is, uh, you know, you can't just take one thing that works and assume that it's going to work for somebody else. So, uh, you got to just figure out, uh, what works for your own personality and, and whether that's one or two different setups. Uh, if it was 25 K I'd probably, I'd probably paper trade for a, a while to try to figure out, 
you know, what I'm good at uh, while I save up, you know, another five or 10 grand because <laughs> there's no yeah. point. There's no point to, to start with 25K or 27K or, you know, anything like that, because the first thought when you're trading is, oh, man, I can only lose $2,000. Oh, man, I'm going to be under pattern day trade rule. Oh, I can't take this loss because I'm under pattern day trade rule. Um, so the, the I think the best thing is to get furthest away from 25. Uh, I'm not suggesting you, you, you know, go plow a hundred thousand, 200,000 or, or more of, you know, your, your savings or anything like that. But the closer you are to 25, the, the more pressure you're going to put on yourself to, to be right. And the more you're going to second guess yourself, the more you're going to take losses, um, that you didn't need to take in the first place. So, um, uh, again, I would just focus on, on whatever fits your personality, whether that's the long side, short side, whatever setup you see success with while you paper trade and test it and, and, and then slowly get into the, the market from there um, and be patient. You know, the, I, I was talking to Kim earlier, the, the best traders I know trade the least. And that's really been a, a focus of, of mine because I used to trade, you know, anything that moved. And sure, maybe I can make a whole bunch on a bunch of different names, or you can make a whole lot more on two different names, less stress, less energy used, and you know, just feel a lot better at the at the end of the day. Just talking about having less stress, one of the things I notice about your Twitter handle, and we're talking for those who are joining us now with Investors Live, uh, Nathan, he's giving lots of wisdom. We just got off a 30-minute podcast that we'll be releasing on the Wall Street Coach, hopefully in the next week and a half to two weeks. Uh, and we're going to have this interview there too, so you can listen to it. One of the things I see all the time in your tweets, Nathan, is your sense of humor. And I absolutely love how you handle those who are trolls, those who are, you know, fake accounts. You you seem to be having fun. There was one, I think, from yesterday. I, I couldn't stop laughing for like 10 minutes. It, it was a guy who was like, hi, uh, I want to manage your account. And you just played along with him. You gave us pictures on your, you know, uh, you put out the tweet of the correspondence back and forth and you're like, hey, show me kind of your track record. Send me some pictures of your track record. And the guy sent you a picture of himself. And you're like, I don't think he understood. But I just found that you're, I just find all the time that sense of humor, not taking yourself too seriously, uh, really takes the edge off that stress. You are one of the few who seems to have that sense of humor what tell me how that serves you it, am i picking up on this right do you do play yeah. along with them to just i mean i mean look somebody else is having a worst you know if somebody's trolling you if somebody's uh, you know doing something silly i mean it, it it's not worth your time it, it's it's just fun for me um because i mean think about it if, if that was you i mean it's it's uh, you're probably having a bad day you're you're projecting your your own you know, uh, your loss or, you know, your own feelings on, on, on somebody else. So it's, it's just, it's fun. I have fun with it. And, uh, if people want to spend that much time, uh, you know, thinking about me, talking about me, then, you know, I can have fun with it too. But, Absolutely. uh, it's so refreshing because you don't get angry by it. You've turned it into like you having a good time and having all of your sense of humor show. It's just really refreshing. Yeah, no, you can't take anybody seriously out here, and and uh, yeah, it's it's funny. You you just always have to remember they're having a worse day than you. 
right? And uh, you know, otherwise they they wouldn't be doing that. So um, no, it's it's all fun, and and I just try to have fun with it. And uh, usually I, I just you know block and move on if if it continues because you know it's it's fun to do it once, but then if you engage, it's just not. You know, of it's not course. worth your time. But of course, but um, but you just seem to have this like really healthy balance with that, like not taking it too seriously. I think some traders, especially uh, in the early years, they can take themselves a little too seriously, and you seem to just hold it loosely in a way that just seems very healthy to me. Well, so, you know, it's it's also it's it's a problem too for for some of these new traders because you you want you should put yourself out there. You know, I've met so many people from putting myself out there and i've met a lot of other great people that have put themselves out there i have new friends you know this past year that are in that i trade with in the office because they put themselves out there but one of the downsides of putting yourself out there is you have to to deal with that so i think that you know anybody that does put themselves out there to meet new people to show how they're progressing to to do any of that it's important because that's what we're all here for. We're all trying to get better. We're all trying to learn from one another. Uh, and the only way to do that is to not be quiet and either share your story, share your trade, share your thoughts. And unfortunately, you know, somebody's always having a worse day than you and it's going to say something. So then what happens is, you know, it, it people kind of shy away from that and, and they feel like, you know, they, they can't share because if they share, they're going to get trolled and this and that. But, um, you know, which is unfortunate because there's a lot of other people who could benefit from sharing and then meeting new friends and, and uh, excelling in their career like I did. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, some some ruin ruin that for them. But yeah. the one thing to remember is they're having a worse day than you. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's a really, really powerful point. All right, if anybody has any questions, we're going to probably wrap it up in the next eight minutes. Uh, one story I'd love you to share, which some of your you know people who've been listening to you for a while may know about, but for those who haven't, I think it's a really powerful story uh, about you and your trading and a motorcycle. So I don't want to give away the punchline, so please just share that. I think it's such a great one about managing risk. Oh, yeah. No, that was uh, that was a long time ago. That was uh, May fifth, and they were doing a uh, Cinco Mayo, Mayo 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 uh, um, festivity in the parking lot. Uh, and um, you know, long story short, as I was I was trading, and they called me and and said, um, "Your motorcycle's in the way. If it's not moved within you know X amount of time, then we're gonna have to tow it." And so, of course, I I ended up. Uh, going and moving it and in the 10 minutes that it took me to you know ride it to the other parking lot and walk back um a, a stock that i was in the the bid came out and it basically you know back in the back in the day like uh now we have circuit halts but you know when otcs would drop i mean they would just go you know straight down and i think it would did something like 220 to 50 cents and by the time i got back it was bouncing to like i don't know 80 or 90 cents so i it had minimized some loss, but it wasn't good at the bottom. And it was my first, I would say my first major loss, uh, as a, as a trader. And it was just something that, that stuck with me, um, that, uh, you know, if that ever happens again, let them tell it. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's a great story. All right. Before we shut down, we're going to just check in to see if there's any questions. Andres, I see you're here. Let me know if you have any questions for Nathan. 
I don't know, we're getting a lot that aren't connecting through Nathan for some reason. All right, guys, so I think what I'm gonna do is just take this to a close. Uh, Amar, can you hear us now? Yes. Okay. Hello, Kim. Do you have a question for Nathan? Hello, Nick. How are you How doing? doing? I have you doing well. I have one. What's your question? Yeah. Yeah, uh, regarding the sizing. Nathan, I have a question for you. During the midday or the during late day, or the morning, this size of your setup have been changed. For example, if you start in the morning, various size, it will be changed. If the setup come again in the midday, or will be changed. You're asking if my size would be different. Would I would I be creating different sizes throughout the day? Yes, exactly. Midday or late day, it will be changed or the same. Uh, pretty much the same most of the time, depending on the setup. If it's you know two p.m., three p.m. plus, it's and it's not like a uh, uh, maybe I maybe I take that back. I would say more size in the morning, just because I'm I'm prepared, uh, and if it comes into my wheelhouse. Um, but that doesn't mean that uh, you know had Siga given an opportunity today and actually broke down. I mean, I would have happily gone full size. Uh, you know, late day. So. Uh, I would say it just depends on the setup. If it comes into your wheelhouse, then there's no reason not to use risk. If it if you're just trading the trade and you're sizing up because you want to make more, then that's probably not a, a, a smart decision. So I usually try to save uh, any any sizing that I do for something that is uh, you know 100% coming into my wheel wheelhouse for an A plus type setup. Thank you, Amar, for that question. Nathan, thank you for giving us so much time. I'm just, you know, blown away at how generous you've been today. Uh, the Wall Street Coach podcast, we did a 30 minutes with Nathan. We're going to have that come out in about a week and a half to two weeks. Please subscribe to that and please subscribe to Nathan's channel, InvestorsLive.com, Investors Underground. His YouTube channel is incredibly robust with so much information, uh, complimentary. Never mind all the value he adds if you become a subscriber. Nathan, is there anything, any question that I didn't ask you today in all this time you've given me and everybody listening here that I should have asked you? Uh, I don't think so. I think you got them all. Okay, good. I'm so glad. Nathan, thank you so much for your time. Guys, keep a listen out for this full podcast, and we'll put it out probably in about a week and a half to two weeks. Nathan, I hope you have a great rest of the evening, and thank you so much for coming on the Wall Street Coach Podcast. All right. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Okay. Aloha. Bye-bye. This is the Wall Street Coach Podcast with Kim Ann Curtin. You can download Kim's free ebook, Discipline and Finding Your Edge, at TraderDiscipline.com. And learn more about working with Kim and her team at thewallstreetcoach.com. And if you're feeling generous, please leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening.